Tally ho, my friends. Here we are on the hunt for deeper truths. Join us now. We're going to take a, a wee bit of a ride. Best to hold on tight. We might take several jumps. So here's a quick preview. No, why would you want to entertain a spirit of fear that God didn't give you? Um, this is all fear-based. I mean, why, why would people do this? A psychologist came out recently and said, when you have a generation that's been told that your skin color is evil and that you have no future, and then add to that the depression of a disease and, and uh, that's going to wipe out your, your generation and your generation won't have jobs and they you know, can't go to school, they don't have sports, they don't have entertainment. Uh, they're lashing out and they're, they're causing anarchy. They're grasping on something, uh, racism, systemic racism, when statistically there is no systemic racism in America anymore. And uh, so you got to feel for they are so lost and they so need Jesus Christ. People are getting saved. They're seeing the hopelessness around them and coming to Jesus Christ. So maybe all this reset, like you said, and this timeout that God's given the church is so we reevaluate what our strategies are and do what wasn't working in the past, which is building bigger and bigger buildings. Instead, get out there among the people and share the gospel. Get online, share the gospel over social media. It's refocusing the church. Listening to Spiritual Encounters with Pastor Casper McLeod. And now, here's your lion-hearted host, Pastor Casper. How has rejecting any part of the gospel and doing things your own way ever helped anybody anywhere at any place? I mean, how is thinking like the world thinks instead of the way this was put on the mind of Christ and think the way he thinks has helped anybody? How can all those People embracing riotous living, destroying small businesses and setting things on fire, looting and presenting their Marxist ways. Any real solution to anyone? I mean, how could those that lie and cheat and, and, and desire this new world order ever truly succeed? Um, and considering that every cell in your body can only respond to everything your mind is feeling, saying to it. So when you entertain negativity on any level, um, you're compromising your own immune system, no matter what kind of viruses are, are being unleashed out there. And sadly, you know, people then begin to start to doubt the word of God because now they're dealing with physical and emotional, spiritual manifestations of choices that they ultimately made. So welcome to another Spiritual Encounter. I am your Lionhearted host, Pastor Casper. And just a quick reminder, don't forget to like and subscribe, share this everywhere you can because we've got such a blessing today. Our friend Nathan Jones is back with us again. Nathan, how are you doing? Oh, good, sir. Great to be back. I really appreciate the time that we spend together looking at God's Word. Well, we've gotten lots of wonderful feedback from uh, all the, the things we've been doing together here with you. And um, I think we just need to go after, I mean, you've got these amazing books and it's so encouraging. I want to just off the top here, you know, just encourage people 
with mighty angels. The mighty angels revelation is it. I got this sentence here right there. <laughs> I, I would encourage everybody to pick up a copy of this. It's um it's a fantastic read. Maybe we can talk about that today. Um I think we, we need some angels to inter intervene right now. God's angels to come. Um, it seems like when we're looking at um, what's going on in the world right now, it's just absolute lawlessness. Yeah, I, I saw a, uh, of course there's memes flying all over the place, but one particular meme stood out to me is they were trying to do uh, invoke an early birth of the 2021 baby. So 2020 could end early. This truly has been a seemingly a cursed year in the way of natural disasters. Uh, we saw those storms just blow through the, the north up in Wisconsin this week. We've seen hurricanes up the east coast. Uh, there's fires again. Of course, we've got the social signs of upheaval in the cities, like you mentioned. And beginning, in, the Lord said that this would be the signs of the end times leading up to his return. Luke 21 and Matthew uh, 24, Jesus prophesied 10 signs that would lead up to the soon coming of Jesus, and they would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to his return. And uh, brother, uh, we're definitely living in that time where we're seeing fearful events, uh, signs in the skies, we're seeing wars and rumors of wars. Of course, Beirut pretty much exploded and looks like the Lebanese government's going to be turned over. And those are all signs that the Lord said that this upheaval would be in the world and they get worse and worse and worse. Uh, but the blessing part is the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming back to take his church before the worst of it, the seven-year tribulation. So even in dark times, there's always that hope, right? There is. And, you know, those people that think we're right in the middle of it right now, those people think it's already started. What's, what's your thoughts on that one? Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm the co-host of the television program, Christ and Prophecy with Dr. David Reagan. We just recently recorded a show that we titled, We Are Not Living in the Tribulation. Because the tribulation, according to Daniel 9, says begins when the Antichrist makes a peace covenant with Israel. That hasn't happened yet. They haven't signed any seven-year peace covenant. Uh, and then you've got the 21 judgments of Revelation, starting with a one-world ruler bringing war to the world to consolidate his kingdom, followed by great famine and pestilence, and then massive death as a quarter of the world population dies. None of that has happened. And that's just the four, first of the four seal judgments of the 21 judgments. So absolutely not. We're not living in the tribulation, but we are living in that time that Jesus prophesied those signs leading up to when Jesus Christ returns. So we're close. I, I think we can, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel that Jesus is coming soon. All the players in the world are especially aligning. I think you read Ezekiel 38 and 39 about the Gog and Magog war and how Russia and the Islamic nations will form a coalition and come down and try to destroy Israel. Those, that coalition for the first time in history now exists. Uh, Israel is about to become a world producer of an exporter of gasoline and oil, which makes them a competitor with uh, uh, Russia. And so now we've got the motive for why Russia would want to attack them. So all this is coming together. It's terrible, frightening times, but it's also exciting times because we know we're not that far off from Jesus's millennial kingdom. I, I do think it's getting very, very close. Um, I was just looking at the reports um, not long ago about uh, how custom authorities have intercepted like thousands of individual shipments containing um, 20,000 fraudulent driver's license, like at Chicago O'Hara Airport this year alone. It doesn't account for all the other airports in other cities where this is going on. So you got these criminal 
organizations, you know, with counterfeit IDs and um, a, a lot of the, um, it's, it's being pointed to a lot of these are apparently coming from, being made from mainland China, uh, Hong Kong, South Korea, and even the UK are sending these things. So um, it's interesting looking at what's going on, just we've got a few months away from uh, the November American presidential election. And um, so if people are able to, you know, succeed with this mail-in ballot system that might produce millions and millions of illegal votes being cast by the far left candidates. Um, very strange times. What, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I, I look to your native England, Great Britain, as a, a source of hope, how it looked like the leftists were about to take over and cancel Brexit. And the people stood up and they voted for Boris Johnson and they, they put the country, uh, it's not obviously morally on, on the right track, we're all off track morally because Jesus said it, when he returns it'd be like the days of Noah and the days of Lot were marked by evil. But people could look at, at all the evil going on and, and at least make a stand against it. And I was very encouraged how the UK did that uh, a year or two ago. And I'm hoping that that's the case here. And I'm not saying our, our current president is uh, the bastion of morality, who is, right, as a Christian, but he stands up for a lot of biblical beliefs. And, and as Christians, we're supposed to hold back the tide of evil. And that's what government exists for, to hold back evil, to enforce law. And all the left, who has pretty much taken over the Democratic Party, believes in is anarchy and chaos. And what's interesting is the Antichrist, one of his titles is the man of lawlessness. He rises out of that kind of thinking, this lawless thinking that, an attempt to overthrow the world. And whenever we've seen leftist Marxist ideology take over a country like it did in Russia during the Bolshevik Re Revolution, like it did with Mao, it always resulted not in the people being in charge, but a dictator being in charge. Mm. And the Bible prophesies this man of lawlessness will rise out of a lawless time, and then he will put, he will be the greatest despot of all time. So uh, it's leading up to that. We're, we're seeing that as, and it's just one of the many, there are so many signs that point to Jesus' soon return that I've heard Dr. Ron Rhodes call it the convergence. In other words, it's a convergence of signs all coming together at once. It's not just one sign here or here, but all coming together. So it's an exciting time in Bible prophecy. Uh, a lot of people, obviously, like you said, pretty frightened, pretty scary to be living in these times. But again, they, they all point to great times afterwards. And that's Jesus' return. Right. Um, again, <clears throat> I think you've said it um, on one of the other programs we did together, where it was like when you're traveling to a city and the signs keep saying, you know, like only 100 miles to wherever we're going, right? And then pretty soon you see a lot of signs saying, okay, yeah, you're almost there. Um, it just seemed like that. We've got lying signs and wonders in the sky. We've got all the, you know, wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and plagues, right? Plagues and, and famines and pestilence all kind of go together there. Um, it's interesting to thinking how, um, you know, we, we were told um, when this, I think it was kind of uh, President Trump, after he made a, a speech at the UN in March, um, saying, you know, that he wasn't going to allow this kind of thinking to overtake America while he's in, you know, on his watch. And it was just like the GFK thing shortly right after that, that the virus was released. Yeah. And then they talked about flattening the curve. You know, just give us a fortnight and we'll, we'll flatten. And then every, you know, every, you know, we just need X amount of weeks and then they need the same amount of weeks again. And what would, you know, it's going on and I don't see it stopping. Do you? 
I don't, because uh, it's a chance to continue to push a, a narrative to, uh, I mean, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but I think it's, it's right out there in the open. It's obvious is that the Democratic Party will continue to push uh, the latest death toll worldwide is 0.036%. I mean, that's far less than SARS or H1N1 or any of those others. So it's clearly being used to continue to make the president look look bad and, and to take an election. It's it's scary when you think that a political party, and obviously Satan and his forces, the Bible says in Ephesians, are behind all this, that that the president is so much standing in the way of the globalist's agenda that they're willing to burn the world down, basically, just to unseat a president and put their person in. As of today, we've seen Joe Biden, who mentally we know is, is not fit to be president, pick Kamala Harris, a prostitute, before she went into uh, law, now is going to be the vice presidential pick. So it, it really shows the uh, debasement of morality that we have in a society where we, we'd like to choose a prostitute to be our vice president. It's scary times. Well, I mean, unless she's repented of the past, and that's fine, you know, that's what coming to Christ is all about, getting washed clean from all unrighteousness. But if she hasn't repented of these things, then those things are probably encoded in her DNA at this point. Well, we see a double standard where, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, who began on the Supreme Court, they go stretch all the way back to his college years and try to find him being wild at a party or something, and that should... Uh, not allow him to be a, a Supreme Court justice, but we can take a woman who had a, a background and, and very questionable as a, and uh, say, okay, well, that's okay if she's vice president. You know, it's, where's the moral standards that we used to have? Now, obviously not every president and prime minister has been a moral person in history, but at least they've stood for the Judeo-Christian values. They might not have been saved, but they stood for the things that mattered in the Bible and the law. And we're living in a time, I, I read an article by Dennis Prager, who's the radio host and columnist with Prager U today, fascinating. He says, what's different in America than Europe after World War I is World War I pretty much killed Christianity in Europe. People lost two things. They lost their faith in God and they lost their faith in their country. And the end result of that nihilism was a uh, chasing after either fascism or socialism, which are pretty similarly linked. They had to fill that void with something. Well, America after World War I kept its Christianity pretty much for the next few decades. But he says, this is where in a different time period, where we're a post-Christian nation, we don't have our Judeo-Christian values to fall back on. Therefore, we are, and we don't love our country anymore. So many people are so down on America. And when you don't love God and you don't love your country, then how can you possibly want the country to continue? It's like the people have given up. So he says we're really at a crossroads here. Unless we get the people who, who love America and want to get see God back in all our systems, then his prediction is our country's doomed. And again, we know from Bible prophecy, the United States isn't a player in the end times. It's one of the Antichrist nations under his kingdom. So at some point, and I'm hoping after the rapture, the United States will totally fall to the left and they'll then join the one world empire that the Antichrist will bring. Well, that's, um, that's a lot to contemplate, my friends. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know Derek Gilbert, a friend from Skywatch TV, had uh, written a foreword for my book, Unmasking the Future, and at that point used the Barnapol to say, look, there's only 9% of actual Bible-believing Christians left in America at this point. I mean, we, we are the minority now. But again, with two coming together in Christ, you know, put 10,000 of flight. So... Um, let's not forget we've got 
equipped with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. Absolutely. I mean, to think that we live in a time where the Supreme Court could tell churches in Nevada that they can't meet together, but casinos can, or the same thing in, in California where John MacArthur and Jack Hibbs are holding their church services uh, against the law. I mean, when did we start making church services against the law? Some pastors, like my own church, my own pastors decided not even to meet, but to stay online for health concerns. The church isn't there. And, and Pastor Casper, I wonder what you think about this uh, as a pastor. We saw at the same time that the coronavirus came, that most of America, and especially the churches, were willing to step back, go into their homes, and just let the, this go. Well, the churches still really haven't engaged back in culture again. And then immediately, we see chaos and lawlessness and every crazy idea you can imagine explode onto the scene. And I was wondering if you thought with the church quietly uh, and not meeting and not doing group, a lot of them, at least not doing group worship, corporate worship, if we are no longer holding the tide of evil back like we should be, and this is a natural reaction to the church holding back. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and I, I think it's time to rally the troops um, I think one of the first plots that was unfolded here with this um, virus was to stop the church from meeting. There's power when two or more gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, of yeah. course, there are a handful of churches, and um, we're going to keep everybody safe, so we won't mention them, that continue to meet regardless. Um, there, just this past week, there was a, um, a pastor in California uh, named Rob McCoy that has about a 1,500-member church, and they said, we've had enough of this. We're getting together. Um, doesn't matter what the governor is saying. We're not going to go along with it now because it's illegal what they're doing. And uh, they had church. And not only did they have church from the reports of people I know that go there, um, lots of people came from all over the country to support them. And one church showed up and said, we don't actually need to come in to your service. We're going to stand out here, and we'll take the citations for you. Wow. Did you see that church that met at a Walmart? If people can go to shop at Walmart, that they're going to hold church in Walmart, and they did? Right, yeah. That's that, clever. I, clever. Clever to turn things around, you know? That's what the church needs to do. Because we think about just this, a few days ago, I mean, last week in, in Oregon, in Portland, we got these trained Marxist leaders leading their armed militia of, uh, of those. They've been indoctrinated with this far-left extremist liberalism. Um, they want to continue with civil unrest. They want to continue with violence. What solutions are they offering? None. Nothing at all. They're just bringing chaos and, you know, with the riotous living. Now, they've gone in and they're burning American flags and they're burning Bibles. They're burning the Holy Bible. Now, there's a certain religion of peace, right? Would they get away with that? Right? That, that wouldn't go down too well. No. But, the very country that offers the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech allows for that. I even heard that they were marching around Portland's uh, yelling, Hail Satan. Whether they did that flippantly or they were actually praising Satan is the question. But that certainly that lawless spirit, that hatred of, of authority and God's law is, permeates what we're seeing in it. It's a shame. I mean, you see Governor Wheeler in Portland who's marching with, with the rioters. So it's like, and then you got the Mayor um, what, Lightfoot in Chicago who let let the, the whole city is, is they had to raise the drawbridges it was just like out of that batman movie with bane where yeah. bane takes over gotham and they raise the bridges 
and then the anarchy is in charge of everything. We're seeing that in Chicago. We're actually watching a Batman movie come true here. Eh, I mean, in our day and age. Yeah, you couldn't write this this good a script in you know in, in Hollywood, right? This is the reality of what's going on there. I mean, burning. I I've got some issues with the whole burning flags and burning the Bible because we, you look at these people don't really want to abolish the police force. They just want to become the police force. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's what the brown shirts uh, eventually became the SS. The, right. Absolutely. We saw that in Chaz or chop, whatever you want to call where they were so against the police and make their own police force. But what did their police force do? Everything they were against. They set up walls, they bullied people, they killed people, uh, they beat up people that disagreed with them. Uh, yeah. So it's, it has nothing to do with it. George Floyd is long, past their reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing. It's a complete Marxist attempt to take over the, the country. I've seen, and this has been very encouraging, Fort Collins, Colorado, a week earlier in Arizona, where uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa tried to go into the neighborhoods, and the neighborhoods pushed them out. Very, <laughs> uh, one last weekend pretty violently. I, I mean, again, I don't advocate beating up yeah. Antifa, but well, they started you know, beating on a vet who was in a wheelchair, and boy, the people just came out of their houses and kicked them out of town. So I believe you're right. I think it's it's time for Americans to to stand up. We're probably waiting for the election. Though. We're going to vote with our uh, make our voices known with our vote, but I think it's going to end up having to be more than that. It's going to have to be our actions as well. It, it says I I I saw some videos like in Colorado. They it got up there on the. People came on horseback and went, you're leaving now. Just keep walking till you go into Denver. You're done here. We're not going to have it here. Um, you know, that definition of hedonism, which is, you know, part of this, what they're doing, it's like Alistair Crowley, you know, do what thou wilt, right? It's all about the pursuit of relentless pleasure, whatever makes them feel good at the moment, with no regard to the consequences. Of course, you know, the word of God says that, you know, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Um, burning Bibles, um, there's something much more sinister going on here. I think we should really, you know, examine because when people build, build burn Bibles, I mean, there was um, a, a guy back in uh, 1820, a German poet that um, said, where they burn books, they're going to end up burning people. Oh, yeah. And of course that happened, you know, the Nazis burned people in, in, in 1933, they had big book burning and, and the next thing you know, they had um, little horrible men like Dr. Joseph Goebbels did just like some sort of pseudo intellectual. He's the guy that said, if you tell a lie big enough and long enough, you're never repeating it, people are going to believe it, right? I guess that's like some of these mainstream news networks figured that one out. I'll just do that. I mean, look what they did. They, they, they built ovens and incinerated people they deemed undesirable, the Jews mostly. Um, Absolutely. The, the church is really the ultimate goal. I, I believe you're right. Because when you look at the patterns of any time the dictatorship came up, it was a cause by the people. They, they picked one good thing, like, say, Black Lives Matter, for instance. But it really was a, a front for their real purpose, and that's a complete takeover of the country. And when you do that, then what do they do? They get rid of the police force, so there's nobody stopping them. They confiscate their guns. And after the people are helpless, then they basically confiscate all your money and wealth. They start closing the churches down. We're seeing this in China, where now that Xi Jinping is 
basically the new emperor of China. What's he doing? He's attacking the churches. He's pulling down the crosses. He wants pictures of himself up. He wants the Bibles removed. They're, they're bur uh, plowing churches into the ground. I have a, a friend of mine. He's our translator at Lamb and Lion Ministries. His name is Donald Dolmas, and he lives in Nicaragua. Nicaragua, everywhere, everyone's, it's a communist or socialist country. It's near communism, but everybody's equally poor except for the president, Ortega, who owns like 85% of everything in the country. He rules as an absolute dictator. The people, he, Donald said, the first thing they did when he came in, they elected him legally, but once he was in, he wouldn't step down. And what did he do? He confiscated the guns and he got rid of the police and replaced them with his own men. And that, I mean, whenever you see a leftist move in, in history, they, they follow the same playbook. Bill Ayers, it's all the same playbook. And right. so we know that, that this talk about trying to get, uh, you know, defund the police is really about removing the police so that people, like you could said, they can live their hedonistic lifestyles. Well, what stands against hedonism the most? Christianity. We're going to see, uh, we're seeing already actually anti-Semitism. Uh, Jews are fleeing out of America. Can you believe we live in a time where the Jews are fleeing America to Israel? And we're going to, we're seeing churches being attacked and burned. One of the oldest in San Diego was burned down last month. Uh, so the pressure against Christians is, is definitely going to be rise because we stand against the hedonistic ways, like you said. I saw some very disturbing videos this week. Like there was one where um, um, a woman came into a shop and there was an elderly woman with a, <coughs> with a cane. And, and the woman didn't like the way she was wearing a mask. Apparently it was down a little bit too far. And she actually attacked her and threw it down and broke some of the body parts. Um, I mean, the hypocrisy is just unreal. Um, and of course, if we did real science, you know, because most of the science is coming from two doctors that, you know, uh, uh, spewing out their ideas for the last several months, the Dr. Fiasco and all that. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's good. Yeah, well, um, just call it like it is, right? Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they're talking about, you know, they was looking in Nashville just a couple days ago. One of my friends sent me a... Uh, a link to, there is a woman on, on the console there that, that said, you know, anybody that's not wearing a mask should be arrested for murder or attempted murder. I'm going, what? Well, what about all the abortions? Does, does, can we go back and do that? I, or can we just do a citizen's arrest for her for total ignorance? I mean, how can you say such a thing? Um, but that's what they're saying. That's how they're indoctrinated. They're, that they actually believe this stuff. What's truly frightening is how recently social media has banded together to make sure that any talk of hydrochloroquine uh, or any alternatives to uh, a possible vaccine, I mean, they're scrubbing the internet. Jan Markell recently did a program with a, a lead a health expert and uh, YouTube got rid of the video. We saw those doctors come out and give their professional opinion that, that we are overreacting. They all got fired and all their videos were banned. And this is all across all the major social media. They do not want a cure for this. And they don't want to, they don't talk about deaths anymore because the deaths are so minor in relation to the amount. They always talk about, oh, a new case of COVID. Well, why do we scare people about something that's, that's equal to the flu? Uh, again, I don't want to diminish those who are dying. There are people dying. But now they're estimating 40 to 50% of the reports of these deaths had nothing to do with COVID. Like Herman Cain, for instance, he was in four stage, four, stage four cancer. And they wrote it down as a COVID death. And so clearly things are being manipulated for an end time purpose. So 
who knows, by uh, November 4th, we might, that be the end of hearing about this, but you know, there needs to be heads, heads rolling after this. If we've got this media and all the uh, social media combined with mainstream media trying to suppress a lot of things. Well, it's very sad when you hear you got these heroes, these doctors that have come forth and now they're um, being threatened to take their medical license away for sharing about a, a medicine that's been around for about 60, 70 years, which has proven to be effective. But hey, you know, if it only costs $20, there's not enough profit in it, right? When the Gates of Health Foundation have spent uh, billions setting this up for, you know, multiple vaccinations, um, vaccinations. Oh, and, and they're gonna use the, what is, I mean, what's going on here with this, um, what is it, Operation Warp Speed, right? That, try, I mean, whenever they fast track, last time they did something like that, um, it just, the, the vaccination caused more problems than the flu. I look at Russia, they want to be the first to have a vaccine. They've just said after only four weeks of testing it, they're ready to start distributing amongst all their people. An untested vaccine spread amongst the people. You know, my uh, youngest son, he's 16 now, but he's uh, got severe autism and he doesn't speak. He, I've never had a conversation with him. He's got the mind of a, probably a two-year-old. And, uh, you know, I, again, I've had pediatricians, friends who are pediatricians, Christians. I've talked to a lot of people and they swear that it's not the vaccines. Uh, I think what we saw with Zachary is that his was the at the age where they started not just giving you a few vaccines, but they gave you a lot of them all at once. And for some kids, it overwhelmed their system. One in 66 kids now is getting autism. There might not be as severe on the spectrum as my son is, but uh, we saw his the light go out in his eyes after a long series of vaccines when he was about a year and a half old. So I, I mean, I'm for vaccines if they're properly don't overload the human system and they're properly tested. But I think we need to pull back and think about these things because they're clearly, you've got this, this survival of the fittest mentality out there too, as well, as long as I'm okay and my kids are okay, then we'll just keep pushing forward with as many vaccines as possible. But what are the implications? My son will never be normal. There's no cure to autism, and I, I wait to see what he's, who he is truly in heaven. That's my hope. So uh, I, I really think that we're very dangerous with the way we're so loose with vaccines. Well, it's not like a one-size-fits-all. I mean, that's the first major issue that's going on with that. And then, of course, you've got Bill Gates saying, if we do a really, really good job with the vaccines, we can lower the population. So, what does um, Georgia Guidestones say? Uh, 500, yeah, right. what's it, 500 million is the target. Yeah, keep it under 500 million and, and have a, a new you know, universal language, right? Which would be like connecting that to AI. I know we've got to take a break, so um, we'll maybe come back and talk about that. Um, as we, you know, it's like the UN, I mean, look at it's, you know, the, these liberalized brainwashing with this antichrist song like you know john lennon's imagine they want to imagine oh. no god no countries no possessions because they're pushing an agenda so they can be your god and they could own everything and have complete uh, full spectrum dominance they control everything right so that's where this is going unless christians stand in the way and pray and fast and believe the word of god to turn this thing around stay tuned and we'll be right back I just want to share a word from our sponsor, Naturally Cravables, because you really need to try the Naturally Cravables smoke, maple almonds, they're gluten-free, dairy-free, they're vegan, all natural. 
But wait, there's more good news. We've got naturally craveable smoked chocolate pecans. We've got naturally craveable smoked maple pecans. And we've got naturally craveable smoked maple bourbon pecans. Not to worry, the alcohol's gone out of it. We've got naturally craveable pineapple jerky, another new product here. And we've got naturally craveable smoked maple walnuts. And we've got naturally craveable strawberry chips. I mean, these are all fantastic. And so as we're entering into these end times, I mean, what better way to do it is munching on some naturally craveables. In fact, we're gonna have an unofficial contest. So if you write in to us here at theupperroomfellowship.org and let us know, uh, our unofficial contest slogan would be, I love naturally craveables in the end times because, and you get to fill in the blanks and we'll choose a winner and we'll get some naturally craveables. It must be naturally craveable. Ooh, it's got to be. Nothing else could satisfy me. Ooh, craveable. Ooh, naturally craveable. Hot smoking. Naturally craveable, it's got to be nothing else could satisfy me. Naturally craveable.com. In these end times. What better way to spend a little bit of moment there, but with naturally cradles. In fact, I, I just finished this one. It's like, it's all gone. I have to get you some. Um, listen, this is like such crazy times. I'm wondering if maybe this is how World War III is actually being played out. Uh, Brother Nathan, you know, it's just, it's like smart dust and nanotechnology. We're hearing about going into these vaccinations. You know, they're talking about everybody get the brain interface, you know, not, Marlon, uh, Elon Musk talking about, you know, by um, the Google guy, um, Ray Kurzweil, you know, they want to achieve immortality without God. The Bible talks about, you know, men seeking death, not finding it. Um, and I think about how, you know, it's like, it's almost like a Manchurian candidate right now. I mean, like this whole thing, the cities where they want to abolish the police that we were talking about in the first segment. And it seems almost like a, a new strategy is like, they, they've tried for years to take guns away, right? If they had all these orchestrated tragic shootings with MK altars and, you know, and, and Americans are just not willing to give up their, their firearms. So the new strategy must be, well, we'll just take the police protection away and then it'll be the wild west all over again, right? It'll cause, I mean, we're, I told my church, it's like, if Trump is reelected, there's probably going to be a civil war. And if he's not reelected, there's probably going to be a civil war. I'm sorry to say that, but that's what the reality looks like right now. It, it's interesting. How do, you, how do you fight a war that's not geographic? I mean, clearly it was the first civil war, the North versus the South, but now you've got the coast versus the heartland. Uh, but for the most part, here in Texas, Austin and Houston are bastions of liberality. So do we as a state invade our capital city in Houston and as well, and then overthrow it? Or 
do we look for us what some are calling a soft divorce where uh, everywhere from Los Angeles up to Seattle and then Baltimore down to or up to uh, Boston become their own country and they just we make an agreement to separate I mean the United States hasn't always looked like the 50 states that it does has now so it certainly can morph I've been reading through my son for uh, Father's Day got me a book on the founding fathers documents mm -hmm. and I'm reading through the Federalist Papers right now uh, our founding fathers were brilliant and they loved God and they based everything on God but uh, one of the Federalist documents I found fascinating talked about how as a nation the, the importance of the Union and how we could say goodbye what was it John Jay I'll paraphrase said we could say goodbye to our greatness if we don't have a union anymore so as much as I think some of us would welcome a purging of this country's liberality through a second civil war, I don't think that the United States will ever be an empire, so to speak, or a major world player after that. We'll be relegated to, you know, like a European country or something, once powerful, but now no longer holds power unless it's united with a bigger entity. And that's the Antichrist empire. I mean, that's the, that's the next phase of global government. So that's... So where we're going, it seems. It's a shame. Could we got to say goodbye to our greatness? Well, it, it is. Um, but, but yet, you know, we're here to bring hope. Um, that uh, comfort each other with that great hope of uh, Christ's return. And it, it seems imminent. I mean, as you said earlier, that the signs are all there. Um, and we've got to cling on to the, the hope of Christ that's within us. And, you know, you can't kill a Christian. All you can do is send us to, an, you know, another dimension and we'll, all coming back on you know flying white horses with the Lord Jesus. So, direction we get a glorified body. Um, so there's nothing to worry about. You know it's going to be all right. When you think that 2,600 years ago, Daniel interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream that prophesied an end to the Gentile nations, where all the human-led governments will eventually be destroyed upon that rock that crushes that statue and becomes and fills the earth. In other words, that's a representation of Christ's coming kingdom that for thousands of years, humanity through the Bible has known that that worldwide man-made empires have to cease. You know, even the greatness of the United States uh, and the greatness that the, uh, Great Britain was before that and other entities before that, all the way back to the Roman Empire and then Babylon, they all had to fall. Uh, they just couldn't hold together. Uh, corruption eventually destroyed them, infighting, outside external forces plagues, famines. Uh, most people don't know that the end of the Roman Empire it was two great plagues that pretty much decimated their northern populations and allowed the Visigoths and Vandals to come in. And so it's been prophesied, but what better thing, there's nothing than Jesus Christ's kingdom. When you read through the Bible, especially through the book of Isaiah, and you realize it's a kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice where Jesus Christ himself is ruling from his throne in Jerusalem, and the saved Jewish people who survived the tribulation are a priestly people to the world. And it says that that the bounty is so great that the people who are picking the grapes, uh, the planting the grapes, they're picking them behind them. I mean, there's so much. The animal kingdom is subdued, so the children can play with vipers, and the lamb lays down with the wolf, and the lion eats straw, where lifespans become as long as a tree, like a thousand years again, where the nations visit Jerusalem every year to come and praise Jesus Christ, where the names of, of worshiping Jesus are written on the pots and the bells. Uh, the, the millennial kingdom is going to be a time like no other. And so if we have to burn down what we have now, which mankind is just going to do on their own, 
we know that something so much greater is coming. That's Jesus Christ's kingdom. Amen. We, we are on the cusp. Um, and I, I, I'm sure people could say, well, for 2,000 years, you know, they've been saying that, so, you know, the scoffers are going to go, well, where is he coming? You know, when, when's it going to happen, right? Well, it's only been two days, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, and no time in history, uh, for people who say that, but no time in history has Israel become a nation again. I mean, what nation that's been extinct for almost 2,000 years comes back? And the liberal Christians will say, well, that's just a coincidence. Or, the, you know, those Zionists, they, they kind of forced it along and made Israel today is secular. And indeed, 85% of Jews are agnostic or secular humanists. But the result of that Gog and Magog war when Russia and the nations come down, greater than the IDF can fight. Ezekiel 38 and 39 says that God steps in and he destroys those armies. He destroys their, their home countries with fire. And the Jewish people will give themselves over to God again. Not yet Jesus Christ. That, that comes at the end of the tribulation. But uh, the world is going to change. Geo, geopolitically, when you talk about the end of the Gog and Magog War, Russia is no longer a superpower. Uh, the Islamic nations in the Middle East are no longer a superpower. Timing-wise, it looks like it just happens after the rapture, which kills the West powerfully. It kills the East. China's got many Christians, uh, South Korea and all. That leaves one entity to rise to power, and that's the revived Roman Empire out of the European Union. And that's the only one that will be left unscathed. And we read in Daniel 9 that the people destroyed the temple. Uh, the Europeans, the, the Romans in particular, were the ones who the Antichrist will rise from. So all these pieces, are, uh, Brother Casper, are coming together. Uh, you can't say that no time has been, it's always been the same because look at our technology. I mean, when you look at just 20 years ago, there's no such thing as, as uh, high-speed internet or Wikipedia or, or mail or a lot of our, our emails, instant messaging. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we, the fact that you and I can talk like this didn't even exist 20 years ago. So the world has changed dramatically and I think more dramatically than we can keep track of. Absolutely, and it's changing day by day. Um, the, the, the advances that are, that are happening now are just mind-boggling, and you know that's another reason why I think you know maybe this by 2030 they're they're thinking everybody you know they would have a brain ship and go with Agenda 2030. And people asking me, well, Pastor, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what to do about it. The Word of God tells us to do the Great Commission. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. That's the job. I mean, you want to change things, lead your neighbor, your, your family members, your friends into salvation. That changes things. I mean, if you think about it, the, how Germany, the German church, they knew what was going on. They, they weren't blind. But yet, you know, there's reports that they just sang louder during worship when they watched trains go by carrying victims to concentration camps. They did nothing to stop the madness. They didn't know how to stop the madness. Uh, mind you, Hitler got the idea um, from America with the First Nations people sending them on the Trail of Tears and the Indian reservations. That's where he got the idea to have uh, the concentration camps, which sadly people like Henry Ford and Americans helped sponsor. I've been uh, working on a sermon about replacement theology, this idea that the church has replaced Israel and all the promises. Uh, and uh, it's fascinating to, to look at Martin Luther, who you know, was the father of the Protestant Reformation, and he, he translated the Bible into the, the common language in German at the time, and he had great hope that the Jewish people, once they were freed from Catholicism's influence, would turn to Protestants and accept Jesus, and when they didn't, 
he became the most virulent anti-Semite you can imagine. He hated the Jewish people near the end of his life. And when the Nazis uh, were rising to power, Hitler would quote Luther and say he was a great statesman. And at the Nuremberg trials, uh, one, of their, um, one of the German SS on trial said he didn't do anything that Luther didn't support. So the church has always been complicit in anti-Semitism, which we see today as anti-Zionism, this hatred of Israel being a nation. Like, you hear so many, especially liberal uh, theologians who are coming out against Israel, like Hank Hanegraaff, and have a problem with Israel being a nation. Like, why, how dare we stand before what God is doing? Isn't God sovereign? Clearly, Israel being there is not a mistake. Matter of fact, the fact that Israel is there is proof that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen. You know, and you said it earlier, one of the reasons um, article that Great Britain no longer was really Great Britain, um, they went against Israel back in the um, 1900s. And that turned everything around, you know. The, the sun never set on, on, on England in you know, Great Britain at one point, but now it does. Um, it's interesting, yeah, once they stood against the Jewish people coming back to their land, it, it's fascinating to watch how the British Empire started collapsing. I, I find it too, and again, I don't know if this is coincidence, it might be a God incidence, but uh, I watched President Trump give the State of the Union speech back in February, and it was winning, winning, winning. And that very week, he dealt the uh, deal of the century with the Jewish people, uh, which the Jewish people find favorable, but it does involve breaking up the land of Israel in some parts. And it's that week where now the United States is everything but losing, losing, losing. We have $6 trillion of debt that we've added on to the other $21 trillion we already have, which is unpayable. We can never pay that off. We're seeing people sick. We're seeing totalitarianism rise with certain governors and mayors. It's like we're seeing rise of chaos. And, and it's just like the whole country went nuts as soon as we tried to divide Israel's land again. And the Bible in Zechariah 12 and 14 prophesied that the nations that tried to divide Israel will be like thrown against the rocks. They'll be destroyed. You're absolutely right. We saw that with, with Great Britain uh, in the 1940s when the 30s when the Jewish people were returning. I think we're seeing again in the United States continuously butting our nose in Israel's business. Uh, George W. Bush, when he pulled the, forced the Jews to compromise and pull out of Gaza, that's the exact same week that uh, Hurricane Katrina came and destroyed much of Louisiana. And now we're seeing the United States dashed upon the rocks because we're trying to uh, separate Israel's land again. And I, I just don't know why none of our presidents ever learned. <laughs> I, President Trump is surrounded by many wise men, uh, Bible-based men like uh, Mike Pence and Robert Jeffers and others, but they still continue to try to bring peace to Israel. And there's only one person that can bring peace to Israel and we know that's going to be the Antichrist, and it'll be a false beast. Right. Well, you know, in my opinion, this whole COVID-19 thing is mostly a showboat part of the, the currency war. It's, it's, a, you know, it's going against small businesses. I mean, as you said earlier, they don't want a cure. They want to keep it in, in a disaster state because they're trying so hard to remove President Trump um, that's standing against the globalists. And, you know, the, those guys are meeting... Davis, Switzerland, and, and make all these nefarious plans together to take over the world. Um, and as you were saying that, it reminded me that Hitler actually used guillotines to eliminate his opponents. Most people don't seem aware of that. But mm. In his 12 years of power, the Third Reich, he, he used guillotines as, as many times, if not more, than the French did during the 
rule of uh, reign of terror in the 1700s. Um, of course, the Bible does address this as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> just what a strange time. Um, I, I do want to get back to, we, we talked about the Georgia Guidestones, um, you know, that there's like seven plus billion people right now and, and the commandments on the Georgia Guidestones uh, for the, you know, kingdom of darkness is, again, maintaining humanity under 500 million. Um, I looked it up when we took a break and um, they want to prove fitness and diversity, meaning that's eugenics, right? They want to control and have designer babies, and then they want to unite humanity with a living new language, meaning they want to connect you with artificial intelligence. And I think this is part of the plan to eliminate one third of the world's population. And, you know, again, that's probably why um, Mr. Gates said on, on TED Talks a few years ago, if we do a really good job on the vaccinations, we can lower the population, right? I think that statement went over most people's heads at the time, probably still does. So those on the far left are literally got plans to get rid of people and you know and they want to integrate people into a cloud system you know um the whole the elon musk stuff you know with the get your consciousness into the clouds and you can be an immortal wow you know if you want to know where society is going you just have to look at it science fiction right i remember back when i was a kid and watching a, one episode of the original star trek series and they were dealing with these creatures who they found out were so evolved I remember Mr. Spock saying that we, uh, we are like an amoeba to them. And this idea that mankind, apart from God, through humanism, can eventually evolve and develop and become our own gods and be, have all those divine powers like those people did. And uh, it, it's interesting when you watch a lot, of, especially the Japanese anima, I've started dipping into anima a little to, to see what the other cultures believe. And it's fascinating how it's that same theme, this idea that eventually our consciousness will leave these bodies. Uh, there's one particular one that was about storing our consciousness in computer systems where we don't have limits, we don't need bodies anymore, or we could move to robot bodies. Uh, we become basically gods over the earth and have all these powers. And, and isn't it seem like it ha mankind hasn't changed in 6,000 years, right? The, the same lie that Satan told Adam and Eve that to, you'll become like God, we want that. We want to become like gods, but do it apart from God on our own terms. And it always fails. There's, there's no fail. So as much as I like science fiction and I like seeing the ideas that people have, it never involves God and it always events elevating mankind. Absolutely. You know, and as you're saying that in the meantime, you, you've got all these people in doctrinate right now. I mean, it says, as in the days of Noah, right? I mean, they're, they're all walking around um, with the, the face mask on. They've been, you know, and, and yet here's actual science coming out saying one report after another um, that's not biased science and it's not paid for by a biased report, um, but they're saying wearing a mask continually is now causing severe health problems because, you know, you're injecting probable human waste into human bodies um, this way. It's just today they said the uh, pull-up face mask, my son has been wearing that one, it goes around the neck and you pull it up is absolutely worthless. When this whole thing started, when you're talking about the medical masks or any of these that homemade ones, had a two to 3% rate of keeping COVID out. Uh, uh, one doctor said the, it's equivalent to setting up a chain link fence to keep out mosquitoes. Right. It's useless. But now, like you said, you have people, uh, what a lady that went up to a couple who was eating at a picnic table 
and she pepper sprayed them because they weren't wearing their masks while they're eating. I mean, people are getting fanatical about this. Here in our state of Texas, our governor who's a strong conservative, but we have to wear face masks wherever we, I can't go into a store now without wearing a face mask. I think it's time to go back to the 60s, you know, the women burn the bras. I think we need to start having mask burnings. I think it's a great idea. Yes. Fantastic idea. You're right. Um, I, I saw something, enough. someone wrote um, to me today and said, you know, the, obviously we're in a crisis, but, but they viewed the mask as a patriotic duty, you know, it's just like people sacrificing World War II. And if we just follow the, you know, the protocol of the, then, then we'd all be back to normal soon, you know, because people that didn't wear a mask that drove the infection out of control. I'm going that, that's, some, you know, it's like wearing a face mask, according to actual unbiased science research, shows us it's completely ineffective for blocking micron viral particles. You're right, it would be like a flea going through a chain link fence. The, so, the uh, N95s that the doctors use are only 50% effective. And who's gonna go around with the N95s? Right. right, you're absolutely right. It's they're it, in a medical where it's nonsense. Yeah. Where there's security blankets. We're wearing security blankets on our faces. I, and now the manufacturers. I mean, these people that are making the the, the face mask are, are, are making a fortune right now, and and yet they have to now start issuing. You know, um, these are actually you know can't protect you from the virus. So why are you wearing them? Especially one of the people you see them driving alone in a car, wearing a face mask. It's insanity. It's indoctrination. It's propaganda to the max, you know? So. They, they finally opened up gyms around here, and a guy I know went to the gym, and he asked the, the instructor, do I have to wear a face mask while I'm working out? He says, do you want to pass out and die? Because that's what will happen. You need to breathe when you're working out. And yet in New Jersey, uh, two men who ran their own gym just got arrested. They're, they're arresting and punishing people for not wearing masks, at the same time letting anarchists you know, loot and burn Black Lives Matters came out this week and said all that looting that was going on in Chicago over the weekend is reparations. So they're trying to justify it now. I mean, but they'll arrest someone for not wearing a mask. It's, it, it's you're right. It is just absolutely, it's, people are grasping at any hope. And I don't, it's interesting. There's a study that came out in India and they've realized that most of the people that haven't been protecting themselves, mostly the poorer, have a 95% infection rate. Whereas those who are in the upper class who are, are doing social distance and masks, they only have a 15% infection rate. So the poorer ones have reached what they called herd immunity. In other words, enough of them have them that it protects and immunizes the ones who don't. And it's solved the problem of COVID traveling around on the poorer people. So now India is thinking, well, we're gonna try this herd mentality thing. Sweden's been doing it all along. So this, we're prolonging the agony with the masks and the social distance and all that stuff. And then the chaos that comes with it, the depression. My son is at college. He, they did start college this week, and uh, my older one. And they're wearing masks. He, when he got to school, he said he couldn't recognize any of his students in the dorms because he couldn't figure out who they were because the masks are so big, the college masks that they wear. Uh, so the kids are losing their identities. I think that's probably part of the, the plot, isn't it? Um, and I saw that Dr. Birx was talking, you know, about um, how exciting it was. That, you know, people were creative and, you know, decorating masks and all around the country because there's been all these different states that observe what's going on. Well, like people are losing their minds. They're losing their jobs. Suicide rates are skyrocketing. And she's concerned about artistic work on masks. 
Um, and, and again, you know, this isn't even about that. What this is all about a global reset. That's what this is all about. You know, the, um, the whole bringing in a new currency, getting rid of capitalism. Um, that's what the plan is, you know. And, and Bill Gates is not, in a sense, Trump pulled the, um, the funding for the World Health Organization. The Gates Foundation is their biggest benefactor. Doesn't that seem like a conflict of interest there? Well, when you think that you get hydrochloroquine for, like you said, 20 to $50, but they're estimating the new vaccine will be around $3,000. Mm -hmm. And you'll uh, take multiple ones, yeah. Yeah. Just follow the money trail. And, um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, Jesus, uh, anybody wants to follow him, take up your cross, deny, you know, deny yourself, follow him. And that's really what we've got to do here. Um, Amen. I mean, what a difference when you look in history. Say, for instance, the Spanish flu back in the uh, early, late 19-teens. Uh, Two million people died from it. But as a culture, they had a Judeo-Christian culture. They trusted the Lord. They didn't have vaccines or a lot of the medicines that we take for granted today. Uh, but they trusted the Lord. The, the fear-mongering and stuff that we have today wasn't at that time period. But now we have a generation who, like you said, only 9% of the population in America consider themselves Bible-believing evangelicals. No wonder we have so much fear. If we had a majority Christian culture, I don't think we'd see any of the fear like we're seeing today. Oh, no, why would you want to entertain a spirit of fear that God didn't give you? Mm -hmm. um, this is all fear-based. I mean, why, why would people do this? Except that they're, they're, they're running with the spirit of fear. They're imitating something that, and that spirit of fear is, is in, according to medical journals, is what they call it a worry, stress, and anxiety, modern terms for it. It's breaking down their immune systems. It's releasing toxic chemicals into their bodies when they entertain, you know, what's going to happen next, and they're fearful of it. I mean, God says that trust Him for every detail, and then you won't release the wrong chemicals in your bodies. That's excellent advice. I mean, what about the verses too that talk about, um, you know, worry about the worries of today. There's plenty for tomorrow, and that we're supposed to live with the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Uh, Christians are well set for adversity because we have the joy of the Lord. We have his Holy Spirit to empower us. We trust that he is sovereign. And yeah, we're going to suffer persecution because we're followers of Christ. We're living in a fallen world. So clearly there's sin and death all around us. But we have hope. We have the hope knowing that, that our eternal destiny is with Jesus Christ in heaven forever. Or the new Jerusalem on the new earth. And uh, that's exciting. It's, it's so sad to see the world so lost and hopeless uh you know i know this set, breaks my heart to see a lot of these rioters we can be angry at them for how they're behaving a psychologist came out recently and said when you have a generation that's been told that your skin color is evil and that you have no future and then add to that the depression of a disease and and uh that's going to wipe out your your generation and your generation won't have jobs and they you know can't go to school they don't have sports they don't have entertainment uh, they're lashing out and they're they're causing anarchy. They're grasping on something, uh, racism, systemic racism, when statistically there is no systemic racism in America anymore. And uh, so you got to feel for they are so lost and they so need Jesus Christ. They so do. And um, I think it's time to, to organize a mass burning uh, event. <laughs> well, there has been some hope. Uh, I've seen videos coming out of Portland and Seattle where street evangelists are pouring into those cities. They're doing, uh, bringing many, many people to the Lord. They're holding baptisms in the streets. 
uh, people are getting saved. They're seeing the hopelessness around them and coming to Jesus Christ. So maybe all this reset, like you said, and this timeout that God's given the church is so we reevaluate what our strategies are and do what wasn't working in the past, which was building bigger and bigger buildings. Instead, get out there among the people and share the gospel, get online, share the gospel over social media. It's refocusing the church. Uh, my pastor, uh, we had him on one of our prophetic perspectives videos on our YouTube channel. And he said, he brought up a great point. He said, in our county where we live in Collin County, which is the most affluent county in Texas, more people are pouring into this county from all over the country. And the churches, uh, were, we have more churches per capita in our area as well. But attendance had plateaued. Where it should be rising, skyrocketing, it had plateaued. And he said, you know what? We were doing something wrong. We weren't doing what's right. And so he has an optimism where he sees this reset as a time for the church to reevaluate our strategy, change, and then do what he thinks is more effective. And I think that's what we're seeing in some of these cities and like what we're doing online is that uh, the church is more than just meeting together. He, obviously, Hebrews 10.25, we should meet together. But maybe the way we were doing it wasn't working anymore. I totally agree with you. Um, and we're supposed to let our light so shine before everyone that they see your good works glorify your Father in heaven. Um, you know, it, this, as you were speaking, I, it just reminded me of this piece of 4.12 where it says, you know, beloved, don't think it's strange because, you know, the fiery trial has come to, to try us, but it, it's something, you know, something strange is happening. But rejoice that we can partake in Christ's sufferings, you know. Um, we're supposed to be exceedingly glad all over just because we're Christians. Obviously. We got the Holy Spirit living inside us. Uh, you can almost think of the Holy Spirit as a down payment on our eternal lives, a down payment on our new glorified bodies that won't get sick and won't die and live forever, that we'll get to see Jesus face to face and then the Heavenly Father one day. Uh, that should get Christians excited. And the Bible says that this time period is, is so small and insignificant compared to the eternity that lays ahead of us. And, you know, we got to live here day to day. We have to deal with the, the nonsense and the trials, the tribulations. There are people getting horribly persecuted, like we mentioned in China, North Korea. Uh, we support a missionary, our Lamb and Lion Ministries does in, in Nigeria. And they're getting slaughtered by the Muslims, hundreds every week, just chopped to death by machine guns and uh, uh, machetes. And they're living at the worst of it. So we can count our blessings too that the Lord has given us this time, but I, I, I so totally believe, Pastor Casper, that this time is quickly coming short. Again, all those signs are coming together. We're seeing a convergence of it. The church is waning, and Israel is rising, just as prophesied in the Bible. For those that um, might be watching this, you're here by a divine appointment. Maybe you never come to salvation before. Um, maybe you've backslidden and you're watching today wherever you are in the world um brother nathan what would you tell that person is there a chance right now they can enter into salvation and be secure in that oh absolutely jesus says i am the way i am the truth and i am the life nobody comes to the father except by me we've seen mankind try so many different ways so many systems and isms uh going it alone and, and it fails we're the most drug addicted culture in history. We have psychologists and problems. We're not able to fix ourselves. We're not our own gods. But God sent his own son to die on the cross to take the punishment for our sins so that we can be reconciled with the Father through Jesus Christ. 
And all we have to do to accept that free gift from Jesus is to, in faith, trust in Jesus as our Savior. Believe in your heart. Pray from your heart. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and please be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone and you will inherit a new life, a new outlook on this life and eternal life in heaven. Amen and hallelujah. Um, uh, you just prayed that prayer. Let us know about it. We'll have the links on the bottom and you can uh, help you any way we can get started. This new life in Christ, it's so vital that um, people make the peace with the Lord Jesus. And I, I just pray right now, Father God, that um, anybody that's suffering, or just any spirits of infirmity, no matter what it is, we know he's still doing mighty miracles. And even people suffering from autism and um, having hindered brain development, whatever it is, Lord, just asking for an outpouring as you said what happened in the last day. So just command in the almighty name of Jesus Christ and the Israel Messiah, Yeshua, all spirits of infirmity, go. All pain, go right now in the almighty name of Jesus. Deaf ears open, blind eyes see, uh, the lame get up and walk, diseases disappear from people, all viruses um, be gone. And thank you, Father God, just restore their bodies and bring them back in the homeostasis. Uh, release all the good chemicals in the body to restore them. And we just thank you, Lord, just the way you heal the, the lepers and raise the dead and all the things that you said the church should be doing we just thank you father god we just praise your holy name and we thank you for this time that we can be here for such a time as this in jesus name amen amen brother nathan look forward to having you back um soon and uh, we'll sort out another time get there we just love these conversations yes thank you so much for having me they're a great blessing you're always a blessing to be here. Always welcome back. Uh, and for everybody else, we'll see you here, there, or in the air. You say the white hats are leaving you brilliant clues And how they plan the train to swap for you Oh, I pray it be so just like the roaring twenties, there was plenty of money until it all but disappeared from sight. Will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight? You say the globalists are into depopulation. They released a virus to take down my generation. With spirit cooking and 5G, the scoffers laughing in our face, controlled by neurologists until it all disappear from sight will Christ come like a thief in the night tonight
say this is the end of time. Cosmic wedding bells begin to chime. Oh, I pray it be so. Just like the roaring twenties, there was plenty of money until it all but disappeared from sight. We are here to help represent God's work, not ours. Besides, the insightful biblical teachings shared by our host, Pastor Casper. We are also very blessed to be able to bring you outstanding interviews with some of the most sought after deep thinkers and voices in Christendom today, helping to make a difference in this world for Christ's sake. We want to keep it that way, to be truly effective in internal matters, truly demands on prayer and being led of the Holy Spirit. If you, like us, long to see the Lord Jesus, Yoshua, glorified here through spiritual encounters, we invite you to join the prayer team. There is nothing more exciting than participating in intercessory prayer with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are a totally faith-based ministry, and so please give and support spiritual encounters as you are led. Truly, Grace and Radio have a lot in common. Grace is free to us, but costs Christ an untold price. We may never fully understand this side of heaven. Radio is also free, too. It costs nothing to turn on your dial or stream audio, but it costs us a lot to stay on the air. Spiritual Encounters is almost entirely listener-supported, a privilege, but rare things in these days of big church radio corporations. We've carefully trimmed our budgets to all but wartime essentials, but operating costs are a fact of life. If you've been blessed through our programme, here are some ways you can give back as the Holy Spirit leads. Consider becoming an underwriter by contacting us or simply go to the upper room, fellowship.org, and scroll down on the main page to donate. I've got a reason.
Spiritual Encounters with Casper McLeod is a production of the Upper Room Fellowship and Casper McLeod Ministries. Visit us at theupperroomfellowship.org. This program is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. The intro and outro music is performed by Casper McLeod from his album, Communion, available at theupperroomfellowship.org. In my face, since I learned to pray, I've got a new life in Jesus, I've got a reason to live.